Okay, so I'm here with Swayze Valentine, the UFC's first and only cut woman. Swayze, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Good to have you. Um, how's everything over there with the snow at the minute? Oh my gosh, we're drowning. <laughs> yeah, I've got family who live up that way, so I've heard all about it. Oh yeah, like yeah. like a full winter in one week. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so just give me the backstory. How did you first become interested in combat sports and martial arts? And how did that lead you to where you are today? So I have always been a fan of the sport. Um, and I saw my first live show back home in Alaska way back in 2006. And um, I was just driving along and I saw a billboard that's like, you know, MMA fights tonight. So I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. So I went in, I bought my ticket and I went back that evening and I watched the actual fight. And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome i mean the atmosphere was cool everything was just so intense and just it was my kind of place so um after the event i decided to get a hold of like the director um is what they called this gentleman at the time and um i was like you know how can i be a part of your event like i really want to do something i don't know exactly what it is but i want to do something with your event and he's like well why don't you be a ring girl and i'm like okay um that's not really the route I was anticipating but so I was like okay I'll do it so he had this weekend tournament that he was doing and he was like come back and and be a ring girl and then you know we'll just see how things go so I went back and I did the ring girl thing but while I was back there I saw people wrapping like hands of fighters and I'm like dude that is what I want to do like there's no greater honor than wrapping the hands of like the competitor themselves I mean that's what I want to do. And so from then on, like I just got online and I was just looking at like how to wrap hands, things like that. I'd go to my local gym and wrap fighters in their camps just during sparring sessions, just to get some practice. And then like, I just started to get to know them, got to know their camps. And when they would go to fights, I'd go with them. And then I started learning and getting to know the organizations. And I started offers, offering like my services for free because I mean, Let's face it, not many organizations actually have, you know, a budget for a cut man, let alone do they even really know what we do. Um, then I would head to Vegas and I started just driving eight hours because I'd lived in Idaho at that time. I just drive eight hours one way on a weekend and go sit at Randy Couture's gym and just wrap, you know, people there. And then, of course, just networked and got to know people and just work my way up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so no sort of background in training or anything? No. Um, of course, once I got involved in the sport, I started doing training like jujitsu, things like that. Um, boxing. I love boxing. It's so much fun. And kickboxing. Um, so in that way that I, I trained, but there's no prior, you know, training to be a cut man, um, meaning like no, uh, no yeah. nursing or anything like that. You know, that's not required. <laughs> you, of course you're required to get, you know, license in each state you work in, but, um, yeah, no, there's no medical training even required. <laughs> so give me th sort of the, um, rundown of a day at a fight. What time would you get there? How does the day go? Cause it's something that a lot of fans don't get to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, so pretty much we, depending on what event I work, whether it's with UFC or Bellator, just any event really, um, you usually fly in like the day before the event. Um, now with COVID, we get tested usually the day we arrive or the very next morning. Um, if we're negative, we can move on and um, we would take a shuttle to the arena that the fight will be held. And um, 
we will arrive, we'll kind of get, you know, our bout sheet and it'll show, you know, how many fighters are on the card, how many hands need to be wrapped because some fighters, you know, have their camps do it. Um, we get a lot of special requests. So in that case, we'll make sure that we are available at that time before that fighter has to go out that, you know, I'll wrap their hands or one of the other cut men will, um, you know, do their special request. Uh, then we, you know, we go cage side, we take turns cage side, um, because there's still fighters arriving at all different times. So they all need their hands wrapped and stuff like that and gloved and final tape. Um, and then the fights go on and last fight, we just get to pack up, go home. Usually I catch the early flight back because I got a, another day job that I take care of. So um, I got to make sure I'm back to work on Monday. So that's kind of it in a nutshell of how, how a fight day goes. You mentioned special requests. What sort of things would fighters want? So usually they want a certain person to wrap yeah. their hands. So um, they would ask, you know, if they ask for myself, of course, um, if I'm cage side, I'll get relieved and I'll go in the back and I'll wrap, you know, that fighter's hand that requested me. Um, a lot of the times too, they have special requests of how they want their hands wrapped. You know, some fighters like their thumbs wrapped, some like them left open. Um, some fighters like, you know, a loose wrap or, you know, if a fighter's injured, um, you know, if their hand's injured, then, you know, they'll make, you know, I'll make sure that they have extra padding, that sort of stuff where it can be. And of course we're monitored the entire time by a commission's officer. So, you know, we're not putting like razor blades between the knuckles or anything for, <laughs> to give them <laughs> an Does advantage. No, right. You know, they have, they've joked about it. They've like, Hey, you know, you got a little something in, the, <laughs> in there for the knuckles. <laughs> All right. So obviously you've talked about wrapping hands and obviously we know the cut side of things, but is there any other responsibilities you'd have that fans maybe aren't aware of? Uh, not, not really. Um, I've been blessed to have the experience to, you know, go with a fighter during like um, a fight camp. That's not typically what we do, but, um, but a lot of our other cut men that I work with are trainers as well or coaches. So, you know, I'll go check out their gym and, those sorts of things, but typically no, I mean, as a cut woman, my responsibility on a fight day is to make sure hands are wrapped and make sure, you know, I get them to the next round when it comes to being in the cage. So talk about that. And um, what's that pressure like when you've got, when the horn's gone off, you've got a cut, there's 60 seconds to work. How do you feel in that moment? Because really the, the way the fights are going to go is kind of on your shoulders at this point. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure. The whole time I'm sitting cage side before that clapper goes off, that 10 second clapper, I'm like glued to my fighter because a fighter could get like elbowed in the last second or right at the buzzer. And then, you know, so the whole time, like you got to make sure your swab is prepped for a cut, that sort of thing, because anything can happen at the last second. So usually 10 seconds before the final bell rings um, uh, at the end of a round, I'm already standing at the cage ready to go in. So I'm like sitting there ready to walk in. The bell goes off. They open the door. I get my fighter to, to his corner, um, his or her corner. Um, and then by the time I get them set down, I've got like maybe 30 seconds to work. Um, it's, it's a lot of pressure because it's my job to get that fighter to the next round. I mean, they got a lot of money on the line, or even if it's an amateur fight, like every win counts, you know? So, and especially like with amateur fighting, there's a lot, almost more pressure, it seems, because there's a lot more precaution taken with amateur fighting. So even a cut that wouldn't look as severe to, as like you, you'd see like in UFC or Bellator or Invicta, like um, a fight would be called to a lesser injury in amateur. So you almost have more responsibility, it feels, when you're doing kind of the, the smaller shows. Um, 
but it's, I thrive on that kind of stress. Like I love that kind of stress. That's like happy stress to me. I would say the biggest challenge in the cage almost is all the cameras because you have to know where to step. You don't want to cut off the shot or step on people's toes. I've tripped over many people's feet in there. So it happens. Talk about the pressure there, UFC, Bellator compared to amateurs. I wonder what it's yeah. like doing one of these bare knuckle shows now. You see how those fights go. I've done bare knuckle a few yeah. times. I do, I do them. I do the shows in Canada and that's scary. I mean, because there's no protection. So, you know, for sure, you're going to get work, which is, which is great for, to keep me on my game. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm scared of the injuries that are going to commence in there. I mean, they are intense. I, I don't know if you watched the last bare knuckle fight. Holy cow. That Woman's last fight. card, like there was two girls. They were just yeah. pulped. I don't even know. Uh-uh. That stuff's scary. <laughs> so what is that? Is there a hardest thing to treat? Is it maybe a different type of cut or a different position? What's the hardest thing to work on? I'd say what challenges me the most is swelling because swelling itself can stop a fight. You know, if it's in anywhere in the field of vision, you know, swelling, oh, it's so hard because it's got a mind of its own. It's going to do whatever it does, you know, and all we have you know, is our end swell or our ice pack and you can only hold it yeah. for so long. So it's challenging more if you have like swelling and a cut because you're like, all right, which one takes priority? Okay, well <laughs> the cut, because it's bleeding, it could drip in the eye. Um, anything that's cut like in the eyelid or above, a lot of the cuts right on the nose are very hard. I personally hate nosebleeds because those are super challenging. You know what, they're all challenging. <laughs> As I'm going down the list, I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. So just offhand, is there any cuts that come to mind that like, these are like the worst cuts you've ever had to work on? Any maybe UFC cuts that people might know? You know, um, oh gosh. Always first one to mind is actually Leslie Smith's ear. Oh, that was kind yeah. of my first biggest, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> You've seen that one. Uh, it just explodes. And, and just to go to show you that a cut doesn't have to be on the face to stop a fight. Like that was on her ear, but the doctor called it regardless, even though the bleeding had stopped and she wanted to continue. The doctor's like, no, your ear's going to fall off. And she's like, I don't care if my ear falls off. So, you know, that was, that's like the first one, you know, that comes to mind, but yeah. like, you, I don't know, you see other fighters, you kind of know, as they come out, like Diego Sanchez, you're know, like, you know, they have a lot of scar tissue and you're thinking, oh man, or Ross Pearson. There was a fight. I worked with Ross Pearson. I was in his corner and you know, you know, he's, he's had work done, you know, there's, there's damage under there. And so when they get hit, it's just the most, you know, it's going to be a bloody fight kind of, you know? And I remember I went in there and he was just covered in blood. And I, I went to go wipe off his face. And as I did it, he just lifted his glove up in it. And it just brushed across my cheek and there was blood. And I remember he looked at me like, <gasps> like he, thought like he punched me and I'm bleeding. I mean, it totally took him by surprise and scared him. And then uh, he realized that, no, it wasn't, you know, he didn't hurt me, but. <laughs> when you've got a guy like that, you've got to be sort of squirming every time you see him get touched, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, you're kind of going in mentally prepared of like, okay, he's going to open up at some point. Like I just need to be, make sure I got my swabs ready. I got to get it all ready. Cause yeah, some of these guys, they just open really easy and everyone's skin is so different. You know, like that's why I like to tell fighters, like, just make sure you moisturize daily. Like you need to do it. It'll cut down on your, you know, on your cuts a little bit. So obviously 
you're the only cup woman in the UFC, um, or like in UFC events rather. Um, we've got a lot of women's fighters now, but there isn't a lot of women um, doing these outside the cage roles, be it cut women, referees, judges. What do you think of that? And why do you think that is? Um, well, I can only speak based on my personal experience. It was really hard for me to get to where I am today. If you just, you know, UFC is the pinnacle. It was very hard for me to get there. And once you get there, you, it's harder to stay there. So, you know, I just think a lot of people, if they don't want it bad enough, they're going to back out and give up. I mean, because you're going to be told no all the time. And, and there's many times I wanted to quit. So I just think, and that's why I'm hoping with me being like the first one that I was able to pave the path or clear it good enough that people don't have to struggle as bad to get up, to do what they want to do, whether it be any, any position in, in MMA, but, um, I don't know. I can just only imagine that maybe they just, they just give up a little too soon, you know, because there's still a lot of pushback. Um, you mentioned the pushback. Do you ever maybe get treated differently by a coach or a fighter or whoever, or whoever just because you're a woman? So does that still happen, even though you have a bit of a name now? It, it doesn't happen as often, um, which I'm thankful for, which I worked hard for. Um, but before, I mean, it still happens. I mean, even if it's a religious reason, I still will run into that, of course. Um, but I mean, there's still, and here's one thing is like, I never actually get pushback from the fighter itself. It's more their camp, you know, it's more what the camp yeah. wants for their fighters. So the fighters have been just fabulous. And, and when it's fight day, they don't care about anything other than just getting in that cage and getting that, that W. So, um, I have had a lot of pushback, um, coming up to, to where I am today, but I am thankful that it doesn't happen quite as much as it used to. On the flip side, who are some of the nicest fighters you've had the pleasure of working with? Oh my gosh. I love Amanda Nunez. She's so precious. And then Nina, yep. her wife, I mean, they are two of some of the most precious people I've ever met. They are always so kind to anybody. The Diaz brothers, they are super cool. A lot of people think, you know, they're just these hard asses and this yeah. and that, but they'll give you the time of day, whether it be a fan. And I mean, they'll give you the intimate parts of themselves. I mean, they're so sweet. I mean, love Walt Harris. He's just darling and his family. Gosh, there's so many fighters. There are so many fighters that are so nice. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a way shorter list of those who maybe aren't quite as nice, but they're just, I've, I've been blessed to meet so many cool people. You'd expect the Diaz brothers to be nice to their cut man or cut woman, given the amount of scar tissue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So have you got any fun stories from this time, all this time you spent backstage with fighters? Is there any good stories that come to mind? Gosh, there's, there's a few good stories. One, it actually wasn't even like a UFC event. I was in this one event in like Santa Ana, California. And um, I think it was like a camo event. And uh, we were in the cage, fight was over. And all of a sudden they're locking us in the cage. And we're like, like the officials, myself, the fighters. They're just locking us in the cage. And then all of a sudden you see one of the fighters trying to, to just scale the cage and get out. And so we look around and there's commotion going on in the stands. And what had happened was the girlfriends of both of the fighters that were fighting were fighting and they were going at it. They were like mean to the face and like, it was so crazy. And they didn't want these fighters to get out and go get involved because it was this big, huge mess. Um, that was pretty exciting. And then there was this other time I was sitting cage side and this fighter did not, or excuse me, this coach didn't like the, you know, how the fight went. It didn't go in his fighter's favor. 
and he picks up the wooden stool and smashes it on the ground and just bits go flying and it hits me in the face. And it's just like, it's just craziness. And then we're walking backstage and there's like someone having a seizure in the audience. And then there's someone who like vomited down the whole electrical system of the whole place. So all the power went out. It was, I got stories for days. <laughs> you not had to go into the crowd to help a fan who's got a cut. Someone's fallen over, run, run the cut woman in. Right. I mean, yeah. I have gone, gone into the audience to help a few people out before, <laughs> but it was more like in the downtime to like, Oh, I have, you know, a cut on my foot and go wrap it up just for fun. But <laughs> So aside from your job, which fighters do you like to watch? Who are your favorites? Oh, man. I really enjoyed watching George St. Pierre fight before he retired. He's a lot of fun. I love, gosh, the Diaz brothers. They're always a blast in there. Um, Conor McGregor is fun because this dude would just show up, do his business, and walk back out. I mean, like, it was, I mean, he's he's pretty impressive to watch. Like, his skill that he has, it's, it's good. There's, um, those are probably my first off the top of my head favorites but man I I couldn't do what any of them do so it's just and I mean I love watching Amanda she's bomb I mean there's just there's so many people they're so great similar question but maybe aside from those guys and for different reasons as well who have, who would you like to work with who you haven't had a chance to yet I have not had the chance oh gosh hmm that's a tough one. I would really like, I wish Ronda Rousey was still in. I would have really liked to, I mean, I, I like wrapped her hands in the back, like final taper and things like that. And she's, she is a really cool person. Um, she, I would have liked to work with her a little more for sure. Awesome. Um, just quickly before we finish here, the interview is not going to be out before the fight, but Usman and Burns tonight. Um, how do you see that fight going? Oh, geez. I, you know, I was thinking about that when I looked at the fight card, I'm thinking, oh my God, I think Usman's got a really, really good chance here. I think, I think it's going to be TKO personally. Uh, and I, I love them both. I think they're both fantastic, but I know personally that he's been working real, real hard. So I'm kind of rooting for the guy. Have you had a chance to wrap either of those guys or not? No, I haven't had the chance to wrap either of them. <laughs> um, one day. <laughs> one day um just quickly obviously we're in the pandemic how has work been really because obviously there's no or there's a lot less regional shows so how hard has it been to keep this going it's been it's been hard I mean even though I'm in it like it's still a hustle every every event is a hustle you know you got to fight for that show and and it's really hard now with the pandemic because all of us are hungry we all want that card you know it's like we want this card we want to work every weekend and um it's it's been really really tough and really stressful you know it's kind of sad a lot of people say well when's your next UFC event and I'm like I don't know <laughs> we'll see I mean because I mean we just did Yas Island you know in Abu Dhabi again and they usually use a different team for there so the U.S. team doesn't go and it's like our opportunities are kind of dwindling right now with the pandemic, but I mean, if anyone can, can uphold it as the UFC, man, they've been, they've been rocking out, they've been keeping us safe and they've been getting more cards out. And it's just, it's, it's only going up from here. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time today. Um, how can people keep up with you and anything you want to shout out quickly? Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you being a platform that I can talk about what I do. Um, anyone can follow me on, gosh, I have, 
um, Instagram, Facebook, just Swayze Valentine. We have a new YouTube channel called that family, which is super fun. Um, they can just, a lot of people like to see what I do at home and my home life. So it's kind of that. And, um, yeah, just if, if you hit me up, I'll write you back and, and just stay connected. It's fun. Awesome. Um, thanks for the time today. Um, hopefully we see you on a UFC or Bellator soon. Sounds wonderful. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks. And